0: Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business.
1: Hi, this is Chris Kirk at Wild Blue Aircraft Sales with the Wild Blue Podcast, and this is where we focus on aviation, aviation lives, and lifestyles. So uh, we're today with April Culver, and April is the uh, Executive Director of Challenge Air for Kids and Friends in Dallas, Texas. And I've known April for a long time, have worked uh, alongside her and, uh, and just think the world of her. And so I thought, gosh, this would be a great opportunity for her to explain uh, a little bit about Challenge Air, uh, what the organization does, who it serves, uh, a little bit of her background and, and all those kind of things. So uh, April, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
1: Yeah, me too. So uh, if you would, a um, little bit about who you are. What do you, where where did you come from and and how did you get into this position?
0: So um, I have a master's degree in adapted physical education. And so my background is working with special needs children in uh, physical education. And in the early 80s, I started getting involved with Special Olympics and working with kids um, in that arena. And I just got involved in the nonprofit sector through Special Olympics in the 80s, early 80s. And so I've just kind of worked throughout the nonprofit world the last 30 years and um, ended up here at Challenge Air for Kids and Friends about 10 years ago and it com- it combined my love for kids with special needs and um, my love for fundraising and making a difference in the world um, through raising money for a nonprofit. So I've been here about 10 years and I, I knew nothing about aviation when I came in. That that was not, not my forte. So uh, it's been really fun to Uh, become part of the general aviation community and learn more about um, just all that's involved. It seems like it's such a huge uh, community, but it's really, I've learned that it's really a small community. So yeah, it's very Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Everybody's worked with somebody at some point in time somewhere.
1: (laughs) Um, So let me ask you this. Tell me, tell me about how, um, not only how you got involved with Challenger, but give a little bit of background on what Challenger is and what it does, because there's a lot of people that probably don't know.
0: So Challenger was born and created in 1997 by our founder. His name was Rick Amber, and he was a Vietnam War veteran who had um, had an accident while trying to land on an aircraft carrier in 1972. He ejected from his uh f-6 aircraft crusader but um, unfortunately broke his back and was a quadriplegic he came back to the united states and um you know fast forward he learned how to fly uh, a cessna 172 using hand controls and at the same time he was uh, a champion wheelchair tennis player and he was uh, working with children that had spina bifida and teaching them how to play tennis and one day they asked if they could go up in the airplane with him because they knew he was a pilot. And so he said, sure. So they, uh, a couple of families met out in a field in Addison, Texas, and he took these kids up in the aircraft and he learned immediately that once they became uh, airborne and up in the air, uh, he saw their self-esteem and their confidence and just their attitude change about uh, their disability and what they could and couldn't do. And so. When they landed and uh, he saw that he could use his aircraft as a motivational tool to help kids with special needs um, realize that just because they have a few challenges that if they put their mind to it that they can do anything so uh, the next few weeks uh, they invest he and a friend invested in an airplane and a challenger was born so um, we have flown in 40 states across the united states we've flown probably over 40,000 kids with special needs Um, and that is what we do. Our program's called the Fly Day, and that's how I met you and your family uh, in Kansas City, and um, it's just such an honor to to lead this group, and um, we've been from one staff to four staff to um, 12 events to 20 events to four events, and unfortunately with this pandemic, this year we've had one event, and so that's just been a real challenge for us to stay motivated and keep our kids motivated to know that, you know, when it's safe, we're going to be back up in the air.
1: Yeah. You know, it's,
0: uh,
1: it, it's frustrating with the, uh, lack of fly days going on right now. And, uh, it kind of kind of leaves a big hole in your heart. This September, of course, is when we traditionally do the fly day here in Kansas city. Um, and so it's been my, um, on my phone, it's been feeding me pictures from, you know, X number of years ago. And they're all fly day related because they're all I September know. related things, you know, and so there's nothing to add to it this year. And uh, going back and seeing the kids when they were younger. And um, so the fly day is obviously our event. Um, and we do it in a lot of different cities. Um, what, what's a fly day look like?
0: So basically a fly day is uh, generally on a Saturday and uh, we get uh, general aviation pilots to donate their time and their fuel and their aircraft. And we recruit pilots to fly kids with special needs between the ages seven and 21. So we'll get an FBO or a museum like the case in Kansas City uh, to donate the hangar space. And we have a local committee that works year round to recruit funding and volunteers and pilots and activities for the kids to do and um, the kids have to go online and sign up and it's free it's at no cost to families um, we offer breakfast and lunch and activities throughout the day and the kids actually go online and they sign up to fly at a certain time and we'll fly between 20 and 25 kids each hour so we could fly anywhere from 50 kids to 150 kids in an event and it's just an it's an all-day circus, basically. So we get local um, community uh, organizations to provide provide activities like face painting and canine companions and uh, science projects and that type of thing. So it's just a great day for the kids to come out with their families and really to kind of feel normal because a lot of times these kids they don't get to do activities that um, the you know quote-unquote regular kids get to do they don't play soccer they don't play baseball they don't play flag football they're not you know in ballet and so this is a great opportunity for them to come out and uh, hang out with their peers and sing and dance and you know do activities and then hey they get to fly an airplane and our motto is hey you just flew an airplane if you can fly an airplane you can do anything so we try to reinforce the fact that not very many people get to fly their own airplane
1: so the pilots that are volunteering for this uh you know how how many at a typical event what kind of airplanes are they flying and and (laughs) where do they come from
0: (laughs) so we usually have between uh, at an event say like kansas city we have between 20 and 25 airplanes and uh, pilots and so the pilots are recruited through pilot groups and then really just through word of mouth so Say the first year we had twelve pilots from Kansas City, and then the next year we would double that because they would tell their friends, "Hey, you need to come fly this really amazing event um, and fly these kids." So we usually reach out to the pilot communities in each of the cities, and then just really word of mouth. And then a lot of our pilots, once they fly with us in one city, they'll fly to another city to fly for us because um, they just love it so much. And we could not do Challenger without the pilots. I mean. It's just, uh, it's an amazing thing that, that you guys do by donating your, you know, aircraft and your time. And a lot of the pilots tell us, hey, you know what, we get more out of it than the kids. So we have story after story after story from pilots. Just, you know, it's just heartwarming. It's life-changing for not only the kids and their families, but for the pilots as well.
1: I'm, I'm always amazed at uh, not only how many pilots we have to volunteer, but that come back year after year after year. And then some of them, the distance they travel to go to these fly days. Um, I know some of them, I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name that lives in Florida. And, uh, and I've seen him in San Diego flying out there and renting an airplane. And and we get, uh, again, there's uh, Art. I can't remember what Art's last name is, but he comes in from Minneapolis every year to Kansas city uh, fly day. And so we get a lot of those folks that just you know they've got such a big heart for it, and yeah. I, I will attest that you you hit it on the head that sometimes I think that uh, we might get more as a pilot volunteer out of it than the the kids have a it's just so cool to see their uh, excitement you know mm-hmm. and uh, if we have time later I'll tell a story about one of the, the parents but um, it's just. It's just so neat to see them open up, and sometimes, especially with some of the kids that might have uh, some emotional things going on, how uh, whether it's autism or you know a variety of different, uh, right. maybe it's not a physical uh, disability, uh, how they uh, they just their eyes are opened, and it's just like right. wow, something got to them, and it's it's really it's really satisfying. Yeah,
0: the parents will tell you, like you as a the. the non family member may not realize that that expression is something that they've never seen in this 12 year old child ever in 12 right. years and then for that parent to see that change of expression or um, just that smile or that laugh or that whatever I mean you know you we kind of take it for granted and don't realize yeah. that that's something that's not an everyday thing so yeah it's, it's a pretty special experience I think pretty much for everybody
1: it is. Well, if, let me tell my story real quick. Is that all right?
0: tell your story. Yeah. So, so
1: we were in McKinney, uh, Erica, and, uh, and the kids came down with me and we, this, I don't know how this is How long ago. This has been, it's probably been six, seven years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm out there and this kid comes up, you know, and he's probably 10 and he goes, Hey, are you my pilot? And yeah, you know, so we start high five and, you know, and just really, really uh, having a, a good time and I'm messing with him and he's messing with me and, and so we, we go fly, his dad's sitting in the back seat and, and then we come back, you know, and he has a blast the whole time. Um, and we come back in the hangar and, and his dad pulls me aside, you know, and his dad is crying and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm doing everything I can <laughs> just to, you know, just to keep it yeah. in myself. And, and he's like, you know, he is on such uh, intensive medication for his autism. And he goes, I have not seen him this way in like five years. I don't remember how many, it was like five or six years. He told me he was, he has not been this expressive for that long. And he was, you know, tears were rolling down his eyes. And I'm just like, Oh, that's when you really see what a difference this makes.
0: Right. Cause like, I remember when I interviewed for this job, um, I was like, you do what? You fly kids in airplanes with special needs and it does something. I was like, I was like, sure. You know, I don't understand, but and I actually got hired in July, but I couldn't start till o- October because I was taking a six-week kind of sabbatical to go to Nepal and do the Eat Pray Love thing, and um, so when I, can, I so before I started, I got to come to Kansas City as my first event as a volunteer, oh, and yeah. I was kind of like, "Wow, this is amazing!" It was just such a—I couldn't even explain it to people what it was, and it's really—I think it's still hard to this day to explain to people. This is a transformational difference that we can make in the lives of so many people by allowing a child with special needs to fly an airplane. It's, it's, it's unbelievable.
1: So the, there are uh, a few requirements for people who are pilots that want to volunteer. I, I'm sure that some folks are going to want to try to sign up. And so can you explain what, the, um, uh, you know, what, that, what that process is and, and you know, what they need to be able to, to bring to the table to volunteer as a pilot?
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Um, basically, the, the the most important requirement is that they have to have 500 flying hours. We used to have to have 250 pilot and command hours, but it's changed to just 500 flying hours and preferred 250 pilot and command hours. Um, so then they also have to have their own aircraft, whether they own it or rent it. And we do not provide the aircraft. They uh, must provide their own fuel and they have to have a current uh, obviously license and medical um to be able to fly for us so it's um that's pretty much it and then uh, a love for safety and aviation and um we are and there's like a checklist to just ask you a few questions if you're current on stuff and make sure you you um haven't had any recent incidences and stuff like that so um yeah so it's it's pretty straightforward um
1: and they need to have dual controls, right? So the kids can uh, have the opportunity to actually yes. take control of the airplane.
0: Yeah, it can be a changeover yoke, I guess, is what that's called. Yeah. And a, uh, no experimental aircraft. And it has to have four seats because we um, require that a parent or a guardian ride with the child. So um, it has to at least be able to hold you know, the pilot, the co-pilot, and a parent or guardian. So. Right. Yeah. And uh, sometimes
1: people ask the question how how this differs, you know, uh, from from young eagles, and I, uh, I think the differences are really night and day once you get out there and go do it. It's not, you know, you're not just taking anybody up flying and exposing them to aviation. This is a right. very uh, there's a lot of things that have to be put in place and things you got to really be aware of because some. Um, you know, the kids, they all react in different ways. You don't right. know what, what's going to happen. Um, right. And you know, And sometimes they can have just absolute sensory overload. Right. Um, and, you know, you have to be prepared for that, too. I remember taking a couple of, uh, the, you remember the blind, uh, the lady uh, that, that um, adopted some, a uh, couple of girls from Ukraine, maybe, that were blind.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and,
1: and so we let them walk around the airplane and feel it. But, but I remember that once we got moving, they, uh, they, they were having fun and they were really enjoying it, but they, they were processing so much that they'd never experienced before.
0: Right, and just the so, point of light. It
1: was just different. Yeah. So yeah, it,
0: it yeah, and we try to, uh, we have a pilot briefing in the morning where we um, have uh, experienced pilots talk to the... Uh, new pilots to kind of give them some um, pointers and tips. And then basically we just let the pilots know, hey, if you're not comfortable flying this um, co-pilot, be sure and let you know, somebody know so you don't have to fly them if you're uncomfortable. So um, we, we want to make sure everybody's safe. That's our number one priority. And um, so we, we really emphasize that with the families and with the pilots and the volunteers especially.
1: So talk about the other volunteers because there's tons of other volunteer yeah. opportunities.
0: Sure, yeah. So um, we, back to what makes up the day, we have about, I would guess, 100 to 150 volunteers that help uh, load the kids on and off the aircraft. Again, safety is very important. So every uh, pilot has a team of two to three to four volunteers that um, are wear safety vests and escort the families to and from the aircraft and put them on the plane. And then when the plane lands, they meet the plane on the Runway, and then they bring them back, or not the runway, the the tarmac, and then they bring them back in. Um, And then we have volunteers to help distribute food and help with check-in. And um, when the kids get there, they have to go through a registration process and they all get a t-shirt. And I brought a sample of one of our little t-shirts that they get. So this is a t-shirt that every child gets. And then all our sponsors go in the back. And then they go uh, get weighed, their family gets weighed and then we have an automatic dispatch system that's uh, through the Wi-Fi and computerized where they get assigned um, the appropriate aircraft that can hold the weight of their family. And so then they wait and they, uh, the kids go through ground school. It's a little 10-15 minute little introduction to flight and reminding them what to do and what not to do and what not to touch and all that kind of thing. And if they get too excited just sit on their hands so they don't accidentally touch the yoke and stuff like that, and then um, they wait and they go out when they go out to the airplane they have a red carpet with cheerleaders lining both sides of the red carpet and the kids are cheered on and you know told to have a great time many times the kids are real apprehensive and they're kind of scared and you know they're you know sometimes they cover their ears because it's too loud and they're kind of shy and so then they get out there and they get on the airplane and they do their flight and when they land they get a certificate which i don't have a sample of that but they also get this pair of wings that the pilot has worn on his shirt. He takes them off of his shirt, uh, presents them to the co-pilot and says, congratulations. You know, now you're an official co-pilot for Challenge Air for Kids and Friends. And then when they come back into the hangar, they come back into the red carpet. They're so excited. They're high-fiving all the cheerleaders. And they can't even believe what they've just done. So it's a real transformational process for when they leave uh, to go out to the aircraft when they come back so um, it's it's a pretty neat experience like we said before so
1: it's it's a the whole day is fun yeah I had um, I had one young man one time that you talked about the cheerleaders I he must have asked me a half a dozen times where we're flying the cheerleaders still going to be there when I come back
0: yeah. oh yeah they, they love those cheerleaders Well, another thing I wanted to, you know, you said your kids and your wife are with you. That's the other great thing about the volunteer aspect of this. It's something your whole family can do, and it really brings your family together. It helps your children that uh, realize how lucky really they are that they don't have any problems uh, compared to a lot of these kids, and um, I know, you know, we love watching Grace and Ethan grow up every year um, and just take on more responsibility and take leadership roles and I just, I just think it's, uh, I can't say enough for the experience, not only like we've said before, for the kids with special needs, but you know, your families and uh, parents and volunteers. It's just, uh, it's great for everybody.
1: Well, I will say that uh, anybody that's thinking about doing a, you know, becoming a volunteer, it, it, it is extremely uh, rewarding and it's just fun. And, you know, my kids this year are so disappointed no. that uh, we aren't doing it, so
0: we're all disappointed that we're not doing. I mean, it's so it's hard to stay motivated because you know we're just in here day to day. You know, going what do we do? We we don't want to quit, but um, cause right we, we work hard to make all this uh, free and at no cost to family members, and our reward as staff is to get to go see those smiles on those faces. And so we just keep watching old videos <laughs> and looking at old pictures because it's just like we're gonna get back out there. We're gonna get back out there. So.
1: So if you're a parent or a caregiver to a child with special needs, how how can you get involved then?
0: So basically, um, you go to our website, and like I said, we usually do between 12 to 15 events a year in different cities across the United States. We do uh, Seattle, Washington, Kansas City, Denver, Fort Lauderdale, Dallas, McKinney, uh, Tulsa. So um, you just have to check the website, and uh, you sign up. Basically, it's free. Um, We really rarely turn anybody away. So um, it's really based on how many pilots we can recruit. So if we're getting more kids, we really try to put the word out that, hey, we're gonna have to tell 12 to 15 kids they can't fly if we don't get more pilots. And so we just really try to get um, the right ratio number wise pilots to kids, but they just go to our website and um, see if there's a city near them that they can sign up and sign up. And if there's not a city near them and they're interested in helping start an event in their city, We have guidelines on the website on uh, how to host a fly day event. And so we'll, we can, you know, talk to interested family members and volunteers about starting in the new city.
1: So the website is?
0: The website is challengeair.org.
1: Challengeair.org.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. A lot of good stuff there. So the, uh, you're the leader of the organization. Yeah. Um, Just a little bit of, uh, you know, give me a little bit of depth here on, you know, what, uh, uh, what you know, what does the organization look like operationally? Uh, people that work for you, uh, you know, how, how is the organization structured?
0: So, uh, right now, um, I'm the executive director slash CEO, and so I'm in charge of all the fundraising, um, the administrative stuff, and then the staff that we have are, we have a program director, Juliette Siddons She's been around a couple of years, and she, her primary function is organizing the fly days, and then um, we have, I have an executive assistant that helps with data management and thank you notes and just uh, other day-to-day things that have to happen. Uh, She helps with social media, and um, we we also have um, a part-time person that is contract labor out of Indianapolis uh, that does all our social media, so I don't know if you've noticed on Facebook all the um, videos and pictures and messaging that we've been doing on twitter facebook instagram but that's really ramped up a lot this past year because of her and then um, i have a pilot coordinator that uh, helps recruit our pilots and then just keeps that information all up to date because it's a we have about 250 to 300 pilots that fly for us every year and just keeping the up-to-date current medical and license is pretty crazy it doesn't sound like it'd be that much but it's a lot of work so and then she right, orders right. all the packets for every fly day make sure we have all the up-to-date information for our pilots. So that's it. It's a pretty bare boned um, organization. I've been here 10 years and I was trying, I was thinking last night, I think five and a half out of those 10 years I've been solo um, because we didn't have the funding to hire any more staff. So last year we had a really great fundraising year and we're able to hire three new people and then the pandemic hit. So I'm Doing everything I can to keep everybody on board so I don't have to let everybody go. So when we do get back up and running and then hosting Fridays again, I'll have a full staff. So.
1: so how do you go about raising money? How's that done?
0: So so basically, I mean, it's kind of interesting that you asked that because really the fundraising model that we've used in the past has changed so much because of the pandemic. But in the past, our funding was through corporate sponsorships for each Friday event. So every city was required to raise a certain amount of money depending on how large their event was. And that was by corporate sponsorships for those fly days. And then we do direct mail campaigns, um, we have one uh, big fundraising event, it's a gala slash hanger dance every year uh, here in Dallas, and um, so that's, a, that's our, really our biggest fundraiser. And then just major gifts from individual donors that I call on um, that have shown an interest in challenge here. And I just ask them to invest um, more than just the annual dollar. And then I uh, write grants. So we've been very blessed by a lot of foundations, uh, aviation foundations, and companies that have uh, corporate foundations that will give us gifts. So our budget, uh, cash budget, is about $350,000 annually. And then we get between $200,000 to $250,000 in-kind donations to hangers. Aircraft, food, that type of stuff that we we couldn't do these events about that. So each event costs us between, we calculate between twenty-five dollars and $30,000 would cost us if we paid for everything. But our hard costs are really usually around $15,000. That includes staff management, um, insurance, T-shirts, the things that we really have to pay for that we can't get donated.
1: Is it, uh, is it safe to say that with the, uh, the, the COVID thing going on that it's, is it more or uh, more difficult or is it easier to raise money right now? Oh, I, happening?
0: Well, I mean, we, like I said before, we really had to de- be creative on our funding and um, diversify that funding effort because we don't provide a direct service to the COVID pandemic, pay, you know, people. Uh, we're not feeding the homeless or, you know, keeping electricity turned on for shelters or any of that. So a lot of money this year has been focusing on the pandemic and the people that have lost their jobs and that type of thing. So we've really, um, we've lost a lot of funding, probably close to $200,000, because we don't have Friday events. So there's no event to sponsor, there's no event to host. And so really, um, we've just been doing direct mail and I've been writing a lot of grants, and we just had a big North Texas uh, fundraising day that we were very successful, just from individuals. We raised about $55,000. Wow. Yeah, I know, our best ever. Wow, that's Um, great. Yeah, it's pretty, it's interesting. I mean, despite all that's going on in the world, people still care about being connected and to do something bigger than themselves. And so they still want to give back and they want to make a difference. And so we're just continuing to remind people that, hey, we're going to be back fine when it's safe and please help us keep the lights on and the doors open so when that time comes, we're ready and we've got the funding and we can just pick up right where we left off. And so I think that's been the most challenging part for me is to to balance that, um, you know, keeping um, the staff motivated and here and then, making sure we don't run out of money. So when we do fly again, we have the funds to do so. And I want to also say that we have, I have a 12 member board of trustees that um, besides the staff that really are instrumental in um, making sure that we're fiscally sound, that we're spending money the way we should be spending money and that um, we're providing every event at the safest possible way. the connections that they give us and the funding that they support as Challenger. We, I mean, we wouldn't be here without the the support of the board of trustees, which you used to be on our board of trustees. Thank you.
1: I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm hoping that maybe there's somebody listening that you know has a heart like you do for serving an organization in the way that you do, you know. And so, what what words of wisdom do you have for somebody thinking about getting into uh, the nonprofit arena and specifically being the leader uh, in that organization?
0: Um, really, I. I think you just have to be passionate about what you're doing. I've I've raised money for a lot of organizations, and I've met people that have said, you know, hey, well, you should be in sales. You know, you could make so much more money and all that, and um, for me, my life is uh, more fulfilled uh, by the grace of God and by being able to give back in, in a way that makes a difference in people's lives. I don't really, uh, it's not important to me. I mean, obviously, I want to be able to put food on my table, but um, it's not a job that you're going to ever really make a lot of money in, but the, the reward that you get in knowing that you're changing lives uh, is far more valuable than that. So you have to have a lot of passion. You have to be very flexible. Um, you have to wear many, many hats, because especially if you're the only staff member, um, I love it when people call at the office and they go, hey, Can I speak to your human resources director? And I'll be like, let me put you on hold, women. And I'll put them on hold and be like, hi, this April. And they're like, "Uh, didn't I just talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much it. So I'm the PR director and the HR director. You know, the program director, the janitor. Um, So I mean, you have to enjoy being able to, you know, get in there and get your hands dirty and and um, and lead lead with passion and servanthood and and uh, as a model of doing that, because I definitely don't sit back and dictate to my staff what to do or my volunteers. I'm moving tables and picking up trash cans and and really um, be involved in a way that makes my heart happy, so. Well,
1: you, you do a fantastic job, and it's just a, a, an absolute pleasure, uh, you know, not only just knowing you, but just working with you, and uh, I, I just am so excited or you know, looking so forward to when we can
0: I know. have a fly
1: day and, you yeah. know, I know it sounds silly, but go out there and, and walk around the hangar and, you know, empty trash cans and I you know, know right? whatever it takes. <laughs> so.
0: I know. And unfortunately, like, I think when we do start having fly days, I think our fly days are going to look a lot different. Um, we're going to probably be wearing masks and probably limiting the number of families that can come at a time. And I don't know that right away we'll be doing a lot of the activities we may just provide water and maybe some light snacks that are individually wrapped um, just so we can get back up in the air because that's, that's really our mission is to build confidence and self-esteem uh, in children and youth with special needs to the gift of flight. All that other extra stuff, the dancing and the DJ and the, the arts and crafts, and that's really all extra. And so my focus for next year will be on how can we get kids back up in the air safely and um, Dealing with the, the COVID-19 and um, making sure everybody wears mask, and it'll probably look like only one parent can go, and they can't bring a sibling or a friend. So it'll probably be scaled down for a while till we know there's a safe vaccine and and people can be safe. So that that's kind of that's where I see us going in the next, you know, five to eight six months. So I don't know. It'll I be interesting that,
1: to see. I'd be just glad yeah. to be there, like you said.
0: I know i would just love to just get some kids back up in the air even if it was we did saturday sunday where we flew you know 20 families on saturday and 20 on sunday and that's all we did you know because um, at least we're we're doing something you know getting some kids up in the air and and i feel bad for the kids because they age out at 21 but i've promised families no you know we're gonna make an exception this year because um we realized that you didn't get to fly last year because so many kids that, I mean, they, they're so disappointed when they, they age out of the program, and now they don't know what to do. So yeah. yeah. Well,
1: April, thank you. We are just about running out of time. The one thing I did want to end with, though, is give you one more opportunity, especially for those people that would like to contribute, make a donation, help Challenge Air meet its fundraising goals. Challengeair.org, anything else that they can do or places they can go to, to help with that?
0: So there's a couple things you can do. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody buys on Amazon. Um, the Amazon has a program called Amazon Smile, where they give a certain percentage of your, every purchase that you make on Amazon, a uh, purchase will go to Air for kids and friends. So that's one way to just go to Amazon Smile, sign up as Challenge Air as your preferred uh, charity. And I mean, you don't even have to do anything. They just automatically take a percentage of whatever you buy and give it to challenge air. So that's an easy way to do that. And the other way is like Chris said, just go to our website and there's a button that says donate now and um, help us out there. And then, you know, look, keep looking on the website and hopefully next year we're in your city and you can come volunteer your time, bring your family, your friends, and um, just come out and have a great time and and see what we do. And um, then you'll figure out a way to give back. But um, we definitely need the support um, we couldn't do it without the, the funding uh, offer this experience to these families at no cost. So um, right. we do appreciate it. And any amount helps because we need everything.
1: And, and a phone number for the office in case they want to reach you directly?
0: So the direct line here is 214-351-3353. And then you can catch us. We have YouTube uh, videos that are up and running. And uh, we have uh, obviously all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, check us out there, because there's some great stories. Uh, we've uh, had some great videos of some of our kids. A blind uh, girl from Seattle last year flew for us, and we have the cutest video about what she felt like flying. And so check us out on YouTube. It's, there's some great inspirational videos there as well. So.
1: Well, great. April Culver, Challenger, thank you so much.
0: Chris Kirk, Captain Kirk, Wild Blue. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really do appreciate the opportunity to get to share Challenge Air with us because I think the general aviation community didn't know that much about Challenge Air, and the more that know about it, the more we can get out there. And uh, Rick Amber, our founder, had a dream of flying a million kids, and so we're not quite there yet. So we'd love to keep pursuing his dream and keep the dream of uh, changing kids' lives with special needs through the gift of flight alive so thank you so much for this opportunity and sure to appreciate you and erica and the kids we, we love you so much
1: well it's a pleasure we'll talk to you soon thanks again
0: okay take care thanks for listening to the wild blue podcast find us online at flywellblue.com and don't forget to subscribe and share